Well, good morning again, and uh, it's time for our uh, praises, prayer requests, uh, and announcements. Um, if you read in the bulletin, you see, if you are a veteran, a nurse, or a first responder, please let me know. That way I can compose a list uh, and see if there's something that we might in the future be able to recognize. So if you were a fireman, if you were in the Army, if you're... Navy, Air Force, Marines, whatever, Coast Guard, uh, a nurse, a first responder, uh, police, covers under that. So just let me know, uh, and I appreciate that. The other thing that I want to say is uh, the month of July has passed, and, and I was derelict in my duty. You know, 4th of July was, came, and that was the first week of the month, and uh we moved our business meeting to the next Wednesday, and we have not done communion this quarter. And I didn't realize that until last night. And uh, Sharon says, Jerry, have y'all done communion? Nope. <laughs> so uh, we will do communion next Sunday. So everybody will be prepared, and uh, you got a whole week to prepare to receive communion. Uh, we do it once a quarter. Um, and uh, I forgot. I apologize. Uh, and we will do it. We will catch it up, and everything will be okay. Uh, any other announcements, praises, or prayer requests? Go ahead, David.
That's correct. Um, and it was uh, very interesting. I had two parts. Uh, one, I was uh, Surfer Dave, I think it was, or something like that, Diver Dave or whatever. Uh, I got to take Renee and put a towel around her head and shake her. Uh, <laughs> she said, please go easy. Uh, but that went over well. But then I had the, the privilege of explaining to the kids uh, the resurrection. And, uh, and I found out that donuts and the resurrection go together. So uh, I'll explain to that later. But uh, anyway, uh, had a lot of good questions. Had a lot of good comments, um, and uh, the kids that came and the kids that were here were smart. They understand a lot more than we think they do, and, um, and so uh, I was impressed. Uh, those 18 kids that are here, if they keep on the path they're going, um, the, wherever they decide to go to church, uh, when they get older, they're going to be in good shape. That church will be. Uh, they've got the foundation. So anyway... Uh, any other praises, prayer requests? Amen. 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 Any others? Yes. Um, yes, keep the Snell family in your prayers. Um, it was, a what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, somewhere in there. Um, it, uh, got a phone call, and, uh, anyway, Brother Terry had, had passed away. Uh, and so with that, as soon as the arrangements are made, uh, I will forward them to you. Uh, just keep the Snell family in your in your prayers. Also, uh, the young lady uh, Jolie Mercer that they found in uh, Jackson Springs. Keep that family in your prayers. Um, uh, she uh, her family is in, is grieving hard, and so you know now's the time for Christ to to come and and be the healer of the heart. Uh, that's what he does. He's the only one that can restore a broken heart. Uh, there's so many. Uh, Nicole told me this morning that uh, uh, I can't remember the boy's name. I just knew him as Dusty. Uh, he was about 40 years old, and uh, he passed away. Uh, a lot of young kids passing away. And I'm 64, so if you're younger than me, you're a kid. Uh, a lot of them are, are passing away, and... Uh, God's calling people home, whether they're ready or not. And so we need to be ready. And we need to be living where people can see a difference in us. Um, and that's kind of what I preached about last Sunday, kind of kind of what I'm going to preach about today a little bit. But anyway, uh, any other additions to the prayer list, uh, updates, go ahead, Okay. Okay. Just remembering this week, 
Okay. Any other? Okay. All right. Dave. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was amazing to watch. It was amazing to see. And I made I know you've heard me talk about uh, they will go home cleaner than they came. They did. Uh, they did. We only had two instances where we had to hose the soap out of their eyes, uh, but they uh, they were burning it up out there. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so if their clothes were stained, we worked on it. <laughs> uh, but uh, they had fun. Uh, they had fun. Uh, any other praises, prayer requests? Go ahead, Jason. Any other? I know we're going to uh, lift up traveling mercies for uh, Roger and, and Ann and their company as they venture to uh, Hilton Head where it's a whole lot hotter there than it is here. Uh, called jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. Uh, <laughs> so God bless you, my brother. <laughs> Uh, any other any other praises or prayer requests? Kathleen. Yep. Uh, update on the football game. Um, Jr's team got beat. Uh, but they didn't get to play until like two something, and they were supposed to be there to play at eleven thirty. So, but anyway, they got beat. That wasn't bad. He said he moved to a new position, so he was happy. Uh, Tatham was happy. He was wet. You know, he uh, he had fun on the slip. His number one goal was to slide off the end, and he did it. <laughs> so, uh, any other praises, prayer requests? Let's go to Lord in prayer. And Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, we ask you to, uh, to bless our time together. Lord, fill this place with your spirit. Lord, we ask you to be with the unspokens. Excuse me, and those that are having birthdays. And Lord, we just ask you to be with each one that was mentioned on this prayer list. Uh, those families that are grieving, that have lost loved ones all across this county and 
Lord, those that are extended families that's lost a loved one, uh, you're calling them home. Lord, we pray that, that they're prepared. We are also, Lord, thankful that Brother Terry knew you, that he made a commitment to you and that you entered his life. And Lord, we, we thank you for that and we praise you for that. Lord, we lift up all of these on the prayer list uh, and the kids that are coming to play golf. Lord, we just ask you to be with them and keep them safe. And Lord, we just love you. Ask you to open your word up to us. Let us apply it to our lives. May all we do here honor you. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Offertory hymn is 283, 283, redeemed. It's awesome.
I had a, if you remember the other week or last week, I, uh, I forgot the names of somebody I had just talked to. And they told, they told me that I need, what is it, Prevagen? Wasn't that what I was told that I needed? And, uh, and so when I came by a while ago to greet a few people, I was asked if I've taken my Prevagen. And I answered, no, I didn't take it. And then we were sitting up here. If you notice, Brother Benny went down the aisle. Uh, it's because I forgot to put my tithes and offerings in the plate. And so uh, maybe I should have taken the Prevagen. Um, but uh, so far, uh, we're, we're doing pretty good. I've only one little mental lapse so far today. So uh, if I can get through the rest of the day without that, that'll be fine. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you will turn to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. And you notice last Sunday I preached from the first part of the chapter and, and talked about why people were boasters and, 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 and what they would do to, to make themselves look good. And today I'm going to preach from the other end of the chapter, uh, 16 and 17, uh, and tell you what's going on in the world today as I've been seeing things happen um, and just so that you'll be prepared, you know, the, Paul says, we, and Jesus says, that we should not be uh, surprised. We should not be uh, uh, unaware of the things that are going on around us. So, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto the good works. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to open these verses up to us so that we can truly understand what the prophet or the, the apostle Paul is saying. Lord, he, he's using some words that are specific. And Lord, I ask that you would give me the ability to be able to, to explain those in a way that people can apply them to our, their lives. Lord, we ask you to guide us through this service and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. He starts out, it said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Just, just think about that. All scripture. At the time that Paul was making this statement, he was talking about his letters. He was talking about Peter's letters. He was talking about John's letters. He was, all the scripture hadn't been put together. But he says that all scripture is by the inspiration of God. Now, most folks will tell you that, yes, the word of God is inspired. And inspired men wrote the Bible. Well, that's kind of a halfway. Uh, when you want to get it around, what it is is the Holy Spirit guided these men to write every word that was inspired by God. God gave them every word to put down. That way nothing would be lost in translation. Nothing would be lost in interpretation. He put exactly what he wanted through these men on paper so that we have it today. And I use paper loosely because they didn't have paper. They had some other things that they wrote on, but that's okay. It, it, you, get the, you get the gist. Consider the source of the scriptural truth. We have people running around all across our country telling us that there's no such thing as truth. 
they would have you believe that what is true for one person is not true for another. And what's true for you is not true for me. And as long as I believe I'm true, if it lines up with the word of God, that's great. But if it doesn't and contradicts, my truth is right. Because I'm much smarter than the creator of the universe. That's what they would have you believe. They would have you believe that all roads lead to God. And they don't. They don't. There's only one road to God, and that's through Jesus Christ, his son, and the sacrifice on the cross, and the resurrection that I explained to the kids yesterday. And it's, he did it for all sin. It says the sin of the world was laid upon him. Not just your sin, not just my sin, not just those chosen sins. The sin of the world was laid upon him. And so with that being said, he took on the sin of the world. He made the sacrifice. He was the perfect sacrifice. And so with that, that's scriptural truth from the Holy Spirit, which is part. One of the triune pieces of who? God. God wrote the Bible. His finger guided the writers of this book. They wrote exactly what he wanted them to write. And it means the same today. Today we have this week, I don't know if you followed the local news or, or, the, or, or the news in our country. Did you know that if you apply for a job at the United States State Department and you are a Christian and a white man, you will not get a job. They will not accept your application for any open positions at the United States State Department. Think about that. Think about that. Those who are tolerant are the most intolerant people on this earth. And there's another thing that they've decided. They have decided that Christianity is a toxic religion. Christianity is toxic to the well-being of the welfare of our country. Now, I don't know how they're going to explain away the fact that it says in our founding documents that we were endowed inalienable rights by the Creator. I don't know how they're going to explain that away, but I'm sure they'll try uh, by hook or crook. But what I'm telling you is we need to know the truth. This book is the truth. It is the unmitigated word of God. It is true in the beginning. It is true in the end. The question is, is how do you perceive the book? Do you take it literally or do you take it figuratively? Because how you see this book is going to determine how you respond when trials come. And they're coming. They're coming. How you respond? Is it a truthful book? Consider the scope of the, spirit, uh, of the scriptural truth. Paul wrote these letters, or this letter, to Timothy. And he was telling Timothy the power of the word of God. He was telling the, the authority of the word of God. And now, Timothy, you have to understand, remember, he grew up here in the scripture. The Pentateuch. He grew up with that. And he is applying it to our life, to his life. Paul is telling him there's more. You've got to rely upon the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 
And here's the other thing that most folks won't tell you, and we'll get to in a little bit, the solidarity of the scriptural truth. What was true in Genesis is true in Revelation. What was true in the Psalms is true in the Beatitudes of chapter uh, 4 or 5 of the book of Matthew. What is true, yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> Thank you. I still, I, I didn't need prevention. I was on the roll, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but uh, it, it, God was there. It's all true. It's all true. So when you read about the story where the donkey talked, do you believe that donkey talked? When you read the story about Moses parting the Red Sea, I don't care if it was just a little bitty, he parted it, and people died when it flowed back over. And by the way, they have discovered remnants of, uh, of chariots and battle gear in the area where the Bible says they parted the Red Sea. You know, archaeology is helping prove the Bible out to be what it is. They said all oh, King David was a, was a myth. And then guess what? They found a gate where he said it was at, and they found a coin with his inscription on it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? There's still a search going on all over the world, and especially in the Jerusalem area, for the body of Jesus Christ. They're looking in the wrong place. They might, if they ever get lucky, that new telescope they let might catch a glimpse of him, but I doubt it. Because he's not here, he's there. And so all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's good for and profitable for doctrine. What do we believe? How we believe? The doctrine of God. That's, that's what it's good for. And it's good for reproof. A rebuking. If someone is wrong, that's our responsibility to stand firm and defend the word of God. That's what it is. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's very important that we train children early. And we train them correctly in the beginning. Because as an adult, it's hard to unlearn falsehoods that aren't right. Doctrine that's wrong. Theology that's misplaced, misguided, it's hard because you've heard it your whole life. And it's good for correction. That's why it's good that the Word of God will correct those who are interpreting things wrong and preaching wrong doctrines. The Word of God speaks for itself. And it's good for the instruction in righteousness. Every one of us are considered righteous because we've accepted Jesus Christ? Are we living a righteous life? Do people see righteousness in us? Because we have a responsibility to reflect what we've received. Remember, we were bought with a price. We're not ours. We're not our own. We can't go about doing what we want to, when we want to, how we want to, and come in on Wednesdays and Sundays and ask for forgiveness and hope everything goes well. You know, there's an old saying, there's a whole saying that, that they used to say when 
especially when I was in my teen years and my early 20s. Sow your wild oats all week and on Sunday pray for crop thief. That's what they used to say. What they were telling us, if you got to live it, you got to live it every day. One day is not going to be right. And so today, we have seven days a week. What does our weeks look like? Do we look like Jesus? Do we look like Jesus some of the time? Do we look like what Scripture described us to be? Long-suffering, loving, kind. Not boastful, not arrogant. Are we those things? Humble. Are we praying for others? Are we doing for others? Think about these things. This is what Scripture tells us. It's truth. It's not suggestions. Jesus did not make suggestions. What did he tell us at the end of Matthew? Follow my, teach them my commands. Well, I didn't hear and see anywhere he said, teach them my suggestion. He didn't suggest to us that we love our neighbors as ourselves, did he? No, he commanded us to love our neighbors as ourselves. That way, people can see me through you. All of these things are tied together. God has called us to be his ambassadors he's called us and we were grafted into his body we are joint heirs with him we're his brothers and we're his sisters we need to act like it i can remember when i joined the army a long time ago and i was getting ready to leave and i had to spend the night in raleigh and uh, my mom and dad took me to raleigh and we got a, got them the hotel where they had us put up and uh, my dad, the last thing my dad told me, you know I love you. Remember who you are. No matter where you go, they're going to see that name on your uniform. Remember who you are. Jesus has told us the same thing. He told us to go into the world, to make disciples of them, to all the nations, teaching them to obey all of his command, and lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. Lo, I am with you to the end of the age. Remember who you are. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, you are a saint, number one. Number two, you are a child of God. You have been adopted into the family of the Most High God. He paid a significant price for us. For each one of us. And so we need to act like it. We don't need to be afraid of this book. We don't need to be afraid of the scripture. We need to share it. We need to read it. We need to digest it. This is the fruit of the, this is the food that feeds the spirit so we can produce fruit. How many of you have tomato plants? And how many of you get that special tomato fertilizer and you put them in a bucket next to the back door or wherever and you, you baby that plant and you get them tomatoes off and oh, they're so good because they've come from your hand. 
but you use the special fertilizer and you make sure you put the special little bug spray on there so the bugs don't eat it up. And if it's lacking something, you add those chemicals or those minerals to the soil so that it will produce beautiful tomatoes. We're on the vine. God is the vine dresser. The only difference is he's equating it to grapes where I just equated it to tomatoes. He's giving us everything we need to thrive. He's giving us everything we need to produce the most ripe fruit that we can. And our fertilizer and our nourishment is in the Word of God. It's in the Word of God. There's no reason for anyone not to read the Scripture every day. You might not be able to literally pick up the book and read it. I want you to do, I'm going to do a little experiment. If you have a cell phone, hold it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. If you have a cell phone, hold it up. There is no reason why you can't get the Word of God because there's about 500 Bible apps out there that you can download. And you even can get some that are very dramatic. They have the music behind it, and it's like listening to stories on the radio. Now, I didn't get to hear that many stories on the radio, but when I was in school, we would sit around a round table, put headphones on, and there was a record on the record player, and we all plugged into this thing and listened to it. And we all jumped at the same time, but we heard it. Have you ever heard the Headless Horseman dramatically done on a, on a 33 and a third record? You get, the, you get to the end of side one and, and you're, just, you're, you're spellbound. You've got to flip it over real fast. And, and then when he comes down through there and he's after Ichabod Crank, you jump. And you scream. Now you're in the library. That usually gets it turned off. But anyway, that's what we're about. We should be in tune. We should have the headphones on. God should be speaking to us every day. And if we can't hear, what we need to do is we need probably get one of them cone things and cone your ears and clean your ears out so that you can hear. We need to go ahead and get that pipe flushed out from the heart so that all that river that we're supposed to be flowing out of us, the rivers of life, can flow. Some of us, our, 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 our uh, overflow spout stuck, stopped up. Some of us, our ears are plugged and we can't hear. The Word of God is for us to be able to show others what Jesus is about and what He's like. We're called to be holy like He's holy. Well, if you don't know what He's like, how can you imitate Him? How can you explain Him to somebody else when you have no idea who He is? You don't know what His attributes are. I spent enough time here. There's several people here in this church, I can tell you exactly what they're like. Because I spend enough time with them. I got to know them. I know what kind of makes them happy. I know what kind of makes them upset. I know about how they're going to respond to certain situations. Sharon and I come next week, I think it'll be the eighth. Anyway, the eighth will be married 35 years. I know exactly what she's going to say and what attitude she's going to have behind it when she says it. I've lived with her for 35 years, and most of those attitudes I caused. I can finish her sentences, and that makes her mad. She can finish mine, and I'm okay. That means I saved a breath, but that's okay. 
We do this because we love each other. We should be loving Christ the same way. Look, he died for us. He saved us. He gave us a ticket for eternal life. The least we could do is find out who he is and what he likes and dislikes. That's the least we could do. The most we could do is try to be exactly like him. Think about it. You know, you all go through this, this phase when you're growing up. I wanted to be like my dad. I thought my dad was my hero. Then I got to a phase where I thought he didn't know nothing. Then I got to another phase when I found out he knew a lot more than I did. And then I got to this phase to where I realized that if I can be half the man he was, I'm going to be all right. Well, if I can be a minute of who Jesus Christ is, I'm going to be all right. When I stand before him, there's going to be something for me to lay there after my works has gone through the fire. I might have a graham. I don't know. I would love to have a crown to toss at his feet. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what my job in heaven is going to be. And if I'm the janitor, I'm happy. Because I can tell you right now, it beat being the CEO of the other place. I want to spend it in paradise with the Lord Jesus. I want the other folks that I know and love and come in contact with to do the same thing. I understand that there's enough room in heaven for everybody. It's not crowded. I'm kind of under the impression that it's going to be crowded in hell. Just by those old two rock and roll songs, Stairway to Heaven and Highway to Hell. Wide is the path to destruction. Narrow, narrow is the path to righteousness. Think about it. Think about it. We have a calling and an obligation to read God's word, meditate on God's word, apply it to our lives, and walk it out. It is the absolute truth. Contrary to what folks would tell you today, there is an absolute truth. There is only one way to God, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. There's only one way for eternal life in paradise, and that's to accept the sacrifice that His Son made on the cross. And if you're fine with saying it's all hobbly-gobbly, goobly-gobbly, and hogwash, fine. Sit there and don't cry when you stand before God and they launch you in the lake of fire for eternity. Don't cry. You did it for yourself. See, our God is not only righteous and a loving God, but He is a just God. The reason that we have a ticket into salvation is because we received something we did not deserve. Mercy and grace. And those folks who are going to wind up in hell are getting exactly what they do deserve. Judgment. The Bible tells us that we're, before we come to Christ, we are an enemy. We are an enemy of God. We're a follower of the flesh. We are bound and determined to watch the ways of the world and be guided by Satan. Demons love us because we don't, we're no threat to them. When you're in the process of doing a lot of things and you're doing a lot of good for a lot of people, what happens? Doesn't your life become hectic? Isn't things start breaking down and moving around and causing causing You'd have to readjust your schedule. All these things are happening to take your focus off of doing what God's called you to do. 
And if these things aren't happening to you, if you're going through your life and nothing's happening, you're not having any major issues or anything, get ready. Because either two things happening, either you're fixing to, or you're no threat to Satan. One of the two. And so when you come through a time and you have a grace period, I like to call it, where you, things are going easy, everything's working out, everybody's happy, no stressful things going on, get ready. Get ready. And you can pray and you can be on top of your game and you can be doing exactly what you're supposed to, reading the Word of God, know what the truth is. And He will use someone outside of you to get you. Yeah, Satan, you can't throw your darts at me. I got the armor of God on. Hope one of your children do too. Or one of your grandchildren or one of your neighbors. Because something's going to happen and they're going to throw a monkey wrench in that thing and it's going to jam up the gears. Something always does. And it's to try to get you to lose your focus on God. God loves us. It's a great thing to go through life and know that the man of God may be perfect. And you're men of God. You're women of God. It's not just talking about pastors and teachers. But we'll be thoroughly furnished for good works. What are our good works? Why do we do them? I'm not going to go down that path today. I'm not chasing that rabbit. But what is our purpose here at Deep Creek Baptist Church? To do what? Spread the gospel. What's the purpose of First Baptist Church in Raleigh? Spread the gospel. Our job is to spread the gospel. Our job is to come together as a congregation and affect change where this church is planted for God's purpose. Spreading the gospel, lifting each other up, training the next generation, training each other to maturity so that we can all sit at the, at the banquet table and eat steak and not have to worry about having to stop in the middle of our meal and burp a baby. I'm talking about the Word of God. I'm not talking about baby babies. I mean, that's fine. That's okay. I don't have anything against them. I was one. Uh, <laughs> but I'm talking about spiritually being fed. How many in here, and you don't have to raise your hands, how many in here can eat spiritual steak? How many in here can eat Gerber? You know, the pureed stuff in the jar that you get after you move from milk? How many of us are still on milk? How many of us are still on Infamil? <laughs> That's another story for another time. Middle of the night, you're thirsty and you got to have something cold to drink. Why nobody would put a lid on a glass in a refrigerator beyond me? At 2 o'clock in the morning, I guarantee you, when you take a swig of that, you're awake for the rest of the day. It gives you the body shivers. And you can't get to the sink fast enough. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot. 
check out what you're going to do before you put it in your mouth. Check out what it is. Give it a sniff. Do something. But anyway, God's word is the truth. It is meant for us to be able to defend him. It is meant for us to be able to convince others who think it's a lie that this is the truth. And then there's always the explanation. There's a lot of explanations you can get. Some of them, me, I'm just a simple man, so I have to use simple explanations. Like, how do you explain the Trinity? Had a guy tell me one time that the Trinity couldn't exist because nothing is three things at the same time. But different. I asked him what he had for breakfast. He said eggs. I said, I'll rest my case. Egg shell, egg yolk, egg white. All three egg, all three different at the same time. Not a great example, but he went on to see if he could find something else to come at me with. How do you explain the resurrection? God supernaturally lifted Jesus out of the grave. Well, we think that he was given a drug. When was he given a drug, and when did they have that drug in the first century? Well, they stole the body. How did they steal the body when there was 24 Roman mercenaries guarding the tomb? Better yet, I got a question for you. What caused them to flee? These were battle-hardened guys. And they knew that if they left their post, they would die. What caused them to run? There's all kinds of things we need to explain to others. And then when it comes to how can you believe that Christ died on the cross for your sins? I said, because... I'm the recipient of that. I've seen what I was and I know what I am and I know what I'm not. And the other thing is, is are you willing to bet your eternity on this? You know, I know Jesus Christ is who he is. I know where I'm going when I die. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm going to spend eternity in the presence of God Almighty. Know that. But just for instance, for argument's sake, if I go through this, and I die, and this is all there is, I still wound up being better than that because I live my life with hope for something more than this. Now, however, if you live your life and you believe that what you believe that God is a joke and all that stuff, that's fine. But if you die and find out that he was who he says he was, you're going to spend your eternity burning in hell. That's it. It's a lose-lose for you. You lose your life physically, and then you lose your life eternity the second time. But the Scriptures teach us all this. The Scriptures are what keeps us bound. These Scriptures are what unites us. On our Wednesday night in Ephesians, we're talking about the unity of God. Jews and Gentiles being united because the old Abrahamic covenant and the Davidic covenant is dead. It was fulfilled when Christ hung on the cross and died and rose again. We're in the church age. We're in the church age. We're to be spreading the gospel. Spreading the gospel. The good news. Look what happened when these little guys got sent all over the world. I turned it upside down. 